Welcome to the Chrissy Crash Podcast. I'm Chrissy Crash, a former smoker, drinker, fast food eater, unhappy bartender, transformed into a roller derby athlete, runner, and fitness coach. Each week, I'll bring you an insightful guest or lesson learned from my own perfectly imperfect life to help you uncover how to create more love, light, joy, and health in your everyday experience despite the chaos and challenges. I believe that life is a contact sport. Let the games begin. Do you want to elevate your game on the track in 12 weeks or less, guaranteed? Yeah, I said it. If I could help you get fitter, faster, stronger, and more confident on the track while having more joy, self-confidence, and love in your life outside the track in just 12 weeks, guaranteed, would you be interested? Well, click the link in the show notes to learn more. What's up, my friends? Chrissy Crash here. Welcome to another episode of the Chrissy Crash Podcast. I am here with Original Sin, part two of answering all of your questions. Each month, we will be coming together, joining forces to help answer all of your burning roller derby questions. So we're going to dive right into it here. First things first, we have Jessica who asks, how to get your league training slash playing at a higher level while making sure everyone feels included and supported. What do you think, Sin? Oh, so this is really interesting because I think it's very similar to something we did for our question on including new skaters and skater retention Mm -hmm. is number one, having a clear plan, having a clear training plan. And for Red Stick, we have an amazing head of training. Shout out to Little Miss Maggie, who's one of my best friends and one of my teammates. And she has developed a system where our training committee meets quarterly. I think it's quarterly. So if I'm wrong, y'all Red Stick people, correct me on that. But we come together and we make sure that we are all consistent and transparent and clear on our direction for the league and our plan on executing that the names of our strategies, the skills we're going to be working on, the ways we do it. We just developed a one-on-one program that we just started uh, the first session last night where we all made different practices and shared them with the entire committee together to get really clear on how we were doing what we were doing. Now, this is important for training at a higher level because clear, transparent communication to the league helps your league buy into the vision. If you just tell them you want to get somewhere, but they don't know how to get there and only you know how to get there, they aren't going to be able to get there because they can't visualize it. And again, I know this is a soapbox for me, but I'm going to keep saying it over and over. Our brains learn through experience, both real and imagined. Our brains learn through mental training and physical training. So they need to understand the how just as much as you do. Share your plan. Do not gatekeep your plan. Yep. I love that. It's so important. Like all of your trainers are going to get better if your trainers share all their information. I feel like Jessica's second question also ties into this ways to encourage everyone to participate in training. And I think that these two questions go together in the sense that it's important that you are training skaters to the level of roller derby they want to be trained at. Like if you are trying to be like, we're going to go to playoffs and like half the people in your league are like, I'm just excited to be here and do exercise. But then you're like, you got to cross train and you got to do this if we're going to be the best. And they're like, I'm just happy to be here. So it's important that as you encourage everyone to participate in training, that you know, what is everyone's individual goals? Are these skaters here to get better? Or are they here to chill? 
Because if you can get the buy-in from everyone, if everyone is like, hey, we do want to play at a higher level, we're all in agreement of that. You know, Angel City, like when I was skiing for Angel City, we went through this, we sat down, we had a goal setting session and we said, are we all in agreement that we are going for championships this year? We said, are we going for that fucking Hydra? And everyone sat there and looked at each other and said, yes. And the agreement was, okay, if this is what we're going for, this is what's expected from everyone. It's, this is what your training is going to look like. This is what practices are going to look like. This is what showing up looks like. And we all came in agreement to that. And so I think the biggest piece is not how do you encourage skaters to train, but it's figuring out who actually wants to play at a higher level and then helping them play towards that. Next question from Jessica, how long should a derby season be to stop burnout? I mean, don't ask you should Yes, <laughs> there definitely needs to be a break. You yes. know, when I first started playing for LA Derby Dolls, we actually didn't have a time off for a while. And then we started having these hiatuses and the hiatus was great because we had this full month off. And so I think at least at least one to two months off somewhere between playoffs and the new year, you know, November to January is great. Giving people a chance to just chill out. But also it's important that skaters are knowing how to prevent burnout during the season. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that I am going to be doing a Facebook live on this very soon inside of the crash course community. So if you're not already in there and you're listening to this podcast, it's K R A S H C O U R S E community is the name of the Facebook group. You can request to join. We will be doing a live on this. It may actually become a podcast at some time in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one. Podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Speaking of podcasts, just when it comes to burnout, right. And the length of a season, there's scheduling things you have to keep in mind. There's where you are in the rankings and where you are in your, in your competitive level. You know, are you making the drive to a playoffs tournament? Are you working on champs? Are you working on a regional tournament? So your, your time frame for scheduling has a lot to do with that and the way your league is going. Also geographically, what do you, what is your season like? You know, some people in a lot of colder areas of the, of the world have a specific season, whereas us down South, it's always hot and it's whatever. <laughs> um, so we have a little bit more, you know, wiggle room for that. You are, it's important that skaters work on the, the, balance between derby and life throughout whether they're in the on season or the off season and there's a really good Christy Crash podcast episode from a little bit last month called the five key tips to derby life balance so I know I've been playing for a really long time so I have felt all of the extremes by this point I know Chrissy has too what works for me is finding shorter periods of time throughout my on season and my off season to to reinvigorate my balance, to reestablish my boundaries, to make sure that I am in integrity with myself and what I'm doing with my path so that I don't actually ever make it to burnout. Because that's what we're here for. We don't want to get to burnout. We want to never get to burnout. And these are the ways to do it. Yeah, 100%. Love it. All right. Julie, Crash Course graduate, we love you, says, best ways to practice pack awareness We'll start with that one. Best ways to practice yeah, pack awareness. I think the best way to practice pack awareness is to develop drills where you are forced to be thinking and doing at the same time. This starts right from the beginning of practice by doing a pace line 
where you are warming up, not just going through the pace line, you're warming up looking from side to side with your head, you're warming up saying things out loud. So if there's a, a skater weaving through a pace line, then you're going inside, outside, jammer coming up, you're literally warming up your eyes, you're warming up your head turn, you're warming up your communication. So pack awareness practice starts from the moment that you set foot at practice. Similarly, any kind of great drills where, for example, you can pay attention to, is there a jammer coming up at the back of the pack, right? And just focusing on that communication. I think pack awareness and communication are sort of the same thing because there's what you're aware of, but there's also what everyone's talking about, which helps with pack awareness. So any drills that involve effective communication, you know, jammers coming up, anything like that, what do you got? I love that. Just to build on that, we can work backwards from our on-the-track scenario-based derby skill, our drills for pack awareness, being in the pack, working on that, switching up who's it playing jammer, switching up colors, anything that forces us to recognize differences and have to call and repeat and echo those things. Mm -hmm. All the way working backwards to off-skate drills and warm-up. Something that we started this season with the Red Stick All-Stars is my co-captain, we always do off-skate warm-up when we do three different things. We do a cardio to and stretching to get our heart rates up and our bodies moving. Then we do uh, mental and physical engagement. And she has us stand in a double pace line. We are off-skates, y'all. Some of us don't even have shoes on at this point. We are standing in a double pace line with two people in the very back, right? One of them is doing something and the other person is explaining what to do. And the rest of us are facing away from those two people and must follow those directions. So mm -hmm. we are listening. So the person speaking is communicating what their person, their other person is doing physically. We are taking in that instruction and doing the thing without actually seeing that we're doing the thing. That's and awesome. we go through this so that everyone has a chance to do a thing and everyone has a chance to explain it. It really helps us train our minds and our bodies and our mental processing speed and skill. Yep. Yeah, and it really is. The better the team communication is, the easier that pack awareness is. Julie also asked, how do you purposely figure out what your place is in Derby when you're a newer skater? Meaning, do you get to start as whether you're really great, a blocker or a jammer? Well, my I would say when you're first starting roller derby, you're everything. And as you're figuring out what your place is, I would ask yourself, where do you have the most fun? Yeah. Don't let someone tell you where you should go. Where do you enjoy being? Do you love speeding around the track and scoring points? Do you love being in a pack and a wall and putting your butt on stuff? Like figure out where you have the most fun and lean in there. Yeah, I'd agree. Cause you know, and this is something that I think has changed over the years with Derby and leadership and how we train players. And I think maybe, you know, circa 2012, 2013, you came in and, the veterans usually clocked you, right? Like if you were a certain height, certain body type, you sort of ended up in the jammer pool or the blocker pool. But, you know, it's it's different in a lot of places and a lot of times now. I think when players start out, you you are everything. There's no secret codex inside you calling you to the destiny of a blocker or a jammer. And even when you figure out what brings you the most joy, train the other jobs anyway. Mm -hmm. do it all anyway because say you want to be a blocker and that's what you love and that's what you want to do wonderful jam continue to jam because it'll make you a better blocker and vice versa with jamming yep just be a 100 player this be is a utility an age. player 
this is an age of utility players. <laughs> it's very true. It's true because it's going to make you better. You know, every blocker is eventually going to get stuck behind a wall of blockers at some yeah. point. So you may as well be able to get out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Totally. So just take your time, figure out where you have the most fun and train everything. All right. Devlin asks, I've been playing derby for years and I still can't side surf. I've followed the advice of several skaters, dancers, a personal trainer, but I've never managed to gain that skill. I'm hoping perhaps you can offer something that makes a difference. Devlin, so I would ask a couple of things. So if you've gotten advice from a lot of different people, and this is sort of, I'm answering a question with a question. Have you actually put together a plan and followed it for a solid 90 days? Like if a, a skater or a dancer, or a personal trainer has given you advice, have you taken that advice and executed it at least three to five days a week? for a solid 90 days because a lot of times it has to do with hip flexibility hip flexibility is not something that comes overnight it's something that you should actually be training every single day i just did a live inside the crash course community page on hip flexibility and which movements you should be doing so i would say go take those moves go do them for 90 days and then tell me if your side surfing gets better sin you want to take the next one yes Let's see. This next one is from Lisa. We're trying to rebuild our league after the COVID break caused a major departure of skaters. Dude, I feel you. Fairly, we have a fairly solid BC team with basic skills, struggling with training strategy. Any suggestions or good resources? Yeah, absolutely. So there are Facebook communities out there. There are social media communities. I know there's communities on Reddit as well, maybe also Discord. The two groups that I see a lot of are on Facebook, and it's specifically Roller Derby Skills and Drills. And then the other one is roller derby coaches and trainers. And if you guys want, I think they're public communities. We can probably post the links to them in the community group, but it's just great to get those resources, get a lot of other perspectives and know that you're not alone. It, COVID wrecked us all. And I think it's great that the community can band together and we can support each other. I've seen a lot of leagues coming together to collaborate with each other, a little bit of merging happening to beef up rosters and numbers. Let's just continue to support each other and offer those different perspectives on what's working for us. Yeah, love it. Great question. All right, Barrow asked, how to develop mental toughness in newish skaters? I think this one comes back to having fun. Circle. Mental toughness comes back to having fun, having a good time, not being afraid to fail. And again, the not being afraid to fail part can really be handled by encouraging people to fail, celebrating when people fall, laughing together and high-fiving when someone really goes for it and just eats shit. Because this is really the thing that the letting go of the attachment to doing it right is how people become mentally tough. Also helping them understand things that they can say. What are they saying in their head when it gets tough? Helping them reprogram their own internal dialogue. We do this inside of Crash Course and Transformation for like the entire first 12 weeks. We're like, all right, what do you <laughs> say? And for, and for the year after that. Yeah. We're like, what are you saying to yourself? Whose voice is that? Who's driving the bus? Like, do you want that person driving the bus? So a lot of it is that. It's going to be helping them shift internal dialogue and just making sure that they're having fun and not attached to perfectionism. Yeah. That was it. Said in a nutshell. I think we came full circle with that one. Yep. So. All right. Joanne, who for our KCIT, we love our KCIT crew. Thank you for asking. She says how to get slash do crossovers, turnaround toe stops at speed, etc. Oh, 
Okay, so this is both going to be complicated and easy at the same time. Complicated because it's going to take time. Again, I think we come full circle with this because we talked about this kind of in both of these Q&A sessions that we've done. This doesn't happen overnight. Speed comes with repetition, with muscle memory. You build muscle memory on the skill by doing reps and reps and reps and reps of the thing. So you need off-skate training to build your muscle conditioning, your muscle endurance, and your capacity for doing the skill. You also need to do this slower on both sides, crossovers, yep, crossovers, turnaround, toe stops, do it all slow, exaggerated over and over and over and over again, and then make that conscious decision to speed up a little bit and then a little bit. And also, I think a big piece of this is your shoulders. If you're doing crossovers or turnaround toe stops, your shoulders have to go before your hips. And Joanne, as a current KCAT member, quick reminder, you do have the opportunity to be doing footage reviews. So send us some video, please, of you doing crossovers and turnaround toe stops, and we will look at it. We will tell you what you were doing wrong. Yep. <laughs> All right. Final question. Teresa uh, says, advice for playing your first game and getting over mental blocks and nerves. Have fun. Once the first whistle blows, it'll feel just like practice. Just remember that you can use your brain for evil or for good, meaning you can use your imagination to imagine you fucking it up, or you can use your imagination to imagine you absolutely crushing it. Either way, the game is going to go how the game is going to go. But the weeks leading up to the game, your experience of the game is happening in your brain. And so you can choose to have a great experience or a crappy one. So really focusing on imagining what's it going to be like when you win all these points. This is actually great because you guys, I am playing in a tournament, my first tournament in like seven years. We have six games next week in Columbia. And I've been kind of stressing about it. Like my ankle hurts a little bit. I'm worried about the 8,500 foot altitude. And I've been kind of getting in my head. So as I'm like saying this, right, you you, you get more by giving, right? As I'm saying this, I'm like, oh my God, I should just be like mentally rehearsing that like, we're going to absolutely crush it. I'm going to feel great. Like, it's going to be awesome. We're going to, cr- you know what I mean? All of these things instead of worrying about my ankle and the altitude. So Teresa, I'm talking to you as much as I'm talking to myself is mentally play out absolutely crushing it and understand that the second the first whistle blows, it's going to be just like practice. Yep. So thank you guys for joining us. We hope that this was super helpful. Thank you for everyone who submitted questions. We are so excited to continue to do this. So keep your eye out each month. We will put out just a Facebook post on my page as well as in the Crash Course community page asking you for your burning questions or things that you need support with. If this podcast had some good nuggets that you want to share with a teammate or with the Roller Derby community, please screenshot it, share a link tag us in your Facebook posts. Let us know what you got the most out of it. Throw it up on your Instagram story and tag us in it because life is a contact sport and those who touch the most lives win. So let's go out there and make the whole sport better. We'll see you guys. Yes. Bye.